The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. What's God like? That's a good question to ask, especially if we're seeking to know more about him. What's God like? We want to know an answer to that question. And just recently through this present series, we have been seeking to understand that a little bit better. And we've been understanding it by looking at this series of the subject, Jesus, the face of God. And the idea being that as we look at Jesus, we are actually looking at God. Jesus, speaking to his disciple Philip, said this in John 14, 9, Anyone, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And the Apostle John writes this, uh, records this of what Jesus is saying, John 10, 30, where Jesus said, I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. So Jesus was God. That's the point that we're making. Jesus was God. And as we've seen over the last few weeks, Kevin was talking about the fact that Jesus was going around healing and delivering people and helping people. That shows us what God is like. William was talking last week about how Jesus was so gracious, so compassionate, underlining the very character of what God is like. And the proof of that love, if you like, of that generosity, that compassion that was shown by Jesus was the fact that he gave his own life and that while we were still sinners, he came and he died for us. Now I find that the more I give my thoughts to looking at Jesus and seeing what he does, how he acts, the things that he is about, the way that he goes about life, then I become more encouraged because as I see him, I see what God's like. And I'm learning to understand more about what the Father is like. I know that in the church there's a tendency for us still to think that we compartmentalize God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You know, God is this Father figure and he's there and he helps us. Jesus is our salvation and he has come to save us. And the Holy Spirit is this somewhat mysterious assistant who comes alongside us each time. And yet we need to understand this is God. All of these persons are God and that is what we're looking at. Last week, uh, William told the story of a lady that he knew. And she used to say that she would confess her sins to Jesus but she'd say to Jesus, please don't tell the Father. Because her image was that God the Father was the one who would tell her off. And yet Jesus was the one who would forgive her. But you see, that's a misunderstanding of the fact that they are all God. And when we come to Jesus, we are coming to God. When we see Jesus, and as we look at the things that he did, the way that he behaved, we are truly seeing what God is like. And this morning, I want to look at this aspect of Jesus, his preaching and his teaching. And we see that Jesus came preaching and teaching because he wanted to get across this, or I want to get across this to you. The reason he came preaching and teaching is because he wanted us to know more about God. He wanted us to know more about him. He wanted us to understand truth 
and to get hold of that so that we could have a really meaningful relationship with him. Yes, of course, Jesus demonstrated his power and might through the signs and the wonders that he did. Yes, of course, he brought salvation to us through the sacrifice of his life. But he also came giving teaching and preaching and instruction so that we might come into a deeper understanding of him and the things of his kingdom. And therefore, we might be helped in our relationship with him. Now, when I say his kingdom, Jesus came announcing a kingdom. And a kingdom is a place where a king has rule. And it's important for us to understand that. So when we're talking about the kingdom of God, we're talking about the place where God's rule is being affected. And it's important to understand that from this point of view. Jesus came preaching and teaching about the kingdom of God. He came bringing instruction so that we might understand how to live in this kingdom. You see, our kingdom, or Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's not the same as what everybody else out there is doing. We're seeking to live by the rules of heaven and literally to bring the rule of heaven down here. We're seeking to have established on earth the kingdom of God. And therefore, for us to operate in the kingdom of God, we need to know and have instruction and receive understanding of the ways of God so that we can work and operate in that kingdom. Colossians 1 verse 13 says this, He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his beloved son. You see, the whole object of us being saved is that we've been taken out of the world and the system of the world and we've been brought into the kingdom of God. So now we are in the kingdom of God, living under the instruction of Jesus' preaching and teaching and the things that he revealed to us so that we could operate and live. So here we are. Look, Jesus is teaching and preaching. Let me give you four brief points. First of all, his methods. How did Jesus go about this? Well, he preached to large groups of people. We hear of the fact that Jesus went up on a mountainside and taught lots of people. But yet, he not only taught lots of people at one time, he also taught privately his 12 disciples. And he had times of just being in the home with them. He spoke in a very straightforward manner. He spoke particularly to the religious leaders. And often their very pointed comments came back to him. And yet he also spoke in parables. And in a way that he communicated truth but it was slightly veiled truth and people had to go away and think about what he had said. He did signs and miracles and then he released his disciples to go and do the same. So there was not just a listening and a seeing, there was also a get up and doing, a teaching, a hands-on experience that is the way he taught. And Jesus was one who spoke with authority. It's mentioned several times in the scriptures that this great authority, people were awed by the fact of the authority that he carried. Now, that's hardly surprising. After all, he was God in human form. So he had and was carrying an authority. But that's what he did, and that's what affected people. So he taught in these various ways. He mentored deeply. He taught widely. That's what he did. His mentoring was particularly with his 12 disciples. So his methods, that's how he went about his teaching, but what was his content? Now obviously if we were to go through the whole of his content, we would be here for quite some time. So I've just condensed it into four brief things to look at. 
The first area that Jesus came talking about was repentance. He says, repent and change for the kingdom of heaven is near. Matthew 4.17, it says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And Jesus came speaking about the kingdom of God. As I've already said, he came to establish this kingdom. He came to bring this place where people could start to live according to the rules of heaven here upon earth and bring the change. But to do that, there's an essential part which Jesus first brought. He says, you need to repent. You need to stop going in this direction, in the ways of the world. To repent means literally to turn around or to change your manner of thinking, to rethink life. And whereas we've been thinking this was the right way to go, we're now finding that Jesus is saying, I need to love my enemies. Wow. There needs to be a change in direction, in the way that we're acting. There needs to be a thought process that needs to go through. We need to repent because the kingdom of heaven is near. And that is the teaching that he brought. He brought this idea that there needs to be a restart in our lives. There needs to be a rethinking in our lives. And there needs to be a change of direction. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Secondly, he came, if you like, giving God's heart or trying to get God's heart on a matter rather than just looking at the rules, the regulations, the traditions that were around. And this is particularly, he had to engage with the religious leaders on this one. Jesus wanted us to understand how heaven looks at things, not necessarily the interpretation that man had given to everything. So we read in Matthew what seemed to be like Jesus giving a huge upgrade on the law. This is where he was preaching to many people uh, on the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, verses 21 to 23. He's saying, you have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with somebody, you are subject to judgment. If you call somebody an idiot... You are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. In other words, Jesus was saying, look, you're living according to the standard. Okay, well, I haven't murdered anybody. But he's saying, like, hang on, it's not just about I haven't murdered anybody. What's your heart attitude like? And you see, he was trying to bring teaching that reflected what was really happening in heaven. This is God's heart attitude. He's not just saying you haven't murdered anybody. He's interested in what's your attitude how you're behaving, how you're living towards the people who are around you. Jesus was trying to overcome some of the problems of the law or the man interpretation of the law and actually getting through some of their traditions. Traditions, for instance, the, uh, at one point there's an issue about hand washing. The Pharisees were complaining that the disciples weren't washing their hands. Matthew 15, 2. Why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition, for they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. You've got to wash your hands before you eat. And I expect that's said in most households, and it's a good thing to say, I might say. But Jesus was taking this on as, look, you think that's so important, you've missed the point. If you think like, okay, I wash my hands, therefore I am completely clean, You've missed the point because that was the actual way that the Pharisees were looking at it. So Jesus answers them back and he says to the crowd, listen and try to understand. 
It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. Now, okay, we want to watch out for germs, particularly at times like this, and that's why we're all washing our hands, sanitizing our hands. If you go shopping at the moment, it's ridiculous. You sanitize your hands when you go in a shop, sanitize them when they come out of a shop, go into the next shop, you sanitize your hands. You come back, and I almost think, have my hands shrunk because they've been so many sanitizing going on? There's a lot of cleansing because of germs at the moment. But Jesus was saying, listen, you're worried about germs. You're worried about just being clean. You've missed the point. It's not what goes into you that matters. It's what's coming out of you that matters. What's coming out of your mouth, your behavior, what's being driven from the heart. And you know what? The heart doesn't get cleaned by washing your hands. You see, Jesus came to teach people about what heaven was saying. It's important that we get our hearts clean so that we get ourselves right before God. And Jesus also challenged them on things like the Sabbath, where they had various traditions about that. But I must move on. So he was teaching not just about the matters of the law and tradition, but he was trying to reveal God's heart, heaven's heart, about the situation. Jesus was also telling people who he was. It wasn't that he never said who he was. He tried to describe himself and to help people understand. And they also tried to give them teaching to help them understand better. Jesus taught that I am the light of the world. He taught that he was the bread of life. He taught that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And he tried to help people overcome their hindrances of him. John 8 verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And can I just say that statement is as true today as it was when he first said it. If we follow Jesus, we're walking in his light, and his light can bring light and understanding to us. And here's another truth. Jesus was giving them truth to find out what was actually holding them back. John 10, verses 42 and 44. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me. Because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I am saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. Now, I know this scripture seems to be a bit harsh, but what Jesus was indicating to people was this. He was indicating that we can get confused. He was indicating that actually when we start operating in the ways of the world, it affects our minds. We're walking in a darkness, and that darkness can trip us up. That darkness can mean, you know, Jesus, you can't be God. You can't be God. We can't see who you were because our minds are actually being confused. And you know what? This is true for us, even in church. We can come to church, we feel as though we've done the right thing by coming to church, but it's not just coming to church that changes us. That's just like, a, you know, I've done a thing. I've, I've washed my hands. Listen, it's not about that. It's about what's going on in the hearts inside. And we need our hearts to be affected by God. We need our hearts to be changed. This is why it's important for us to, to pray and to seek him at home on our own. Lord, I need you because I can't always see you. And I want to see you because the more I see you, the more I know you and the more that you can affect my life. A final point of Jesus' teaching, Jesus came to give insight on what was yet to happen. And we know that when he spoke to his disciples at one point, he said, hey, look, do you see the temple 
and all of these stones there. And they were looking at the temple and this magnificent building and all of the, the, the temple area. And then Jesus suddenly says, oh, it's all going to be destroyed. And he goes on to tell them about what's going to happen and to tell them about things about when he is going to come back again. You see, Jesus came not only bringing information about how we might find salvation, he came to bring information to tell us that he is coming again so that we may be taken away from this, what feels like a God-forsaken world, but isn't. But it feels like a place where sin is rising, where there is corruption rising, where there's pressure rising. God has come to rescue his people and he is coming back so that he may take us to be with him. If you've ever thought of the pressures of what we're going through now with the COVID and everything that's going on around the world and all the things you see, and sometimes you feel like, wow. Listen, folks, remember this. Part of our destiny as Christians is that God is sending his son Jesus to take us back to be with him. There is a hope that we have, not only to live life according to heaven's rules here with the power of the Holy Spirit, but that Jesus is coming back to rescue us from this environment to take us to be with himself. And I don't say that lightly because the days that we're living in, it needs to encourage us more and more that we have that, that strength that, hey, it might be dark here, but the light is coming to take us to be with him forever. And that's some of the teaching that Jesus came to bring. Thirdly, and I'm nearly through, some of the places where he taught. Well, he taught in all sorts of places. The temple courts in Jerusalem had people gathered around him. He taught privately in homes. Well, as privately as he could be. Sometimes he was allowed to be alone with his disciples, but often people found out where, they, where he was and he came alongside them. He taught actually by in a, in being in a boat on the shore of Galilee to the crowds that had gathered around him. He taught on mountainsides and lectured and taught people uh, in places like that. All sorts of people. But this we know. He went to where the people were. He went around the nation so that everybody could get to hear him. And specifically, he went to where his disciples were and he mentored and taught them. Fourthly and finally, the power of his teaching. The reason, as I said, that Jesus came teaching and preaching was that we may understand more about what heaven is like and find out more about what God is like. And he taught us the value of listening to his word. John 8, verses 31 and 32, he announced that his teaching has the power to set people free. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If we hold and if we continue in the teaching that Jesus has given us, then we will know the truth and the truth builds itself in our lives and it undoes lies and it transforms us that we may know and live by that truth and it may flow out of us. It literally sets us free. But as soon as we say sets us free, then it would indicate that we were bound. And that's the issue that most of us are dealing with. What do you mean we're bound? Where am I bound? What's holding me up? I'm fine. You see, there is always a sense in which we do not understand the things that hold us captive. And that truth was exactly the same as when Jesus was first bringing this scripture to those people who were around him. As he was saying it, and he was saying, look, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The people around him at that point went on to say this, we are Abraham's descendants 
We've never been slaves of anyone, so how can you say that we need to be set free? Jesus went on to say this. I realize you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they suddenly shouted. No, Jesus replied. For if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. And the people come back to him. Oh, no, come on. The only true father we have is God himself, they're saying. But Jesus continues in John 8, 42 to 44. If God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me, for you are the children of your father, the devil. You love to do the evil things he does. Oh my, you know, sometimes Jesus just lays it out. Lays it out brutally. Very straightforward. And the problem that they were having is, hang on, we're following God. No, 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 you're not, because what's coming out of your lives is not the same as what's coming out of God. There needs to be change. And you know what? We need to get hold of that for ourselves. Let's just go back to what we're doing in this series. In this series, we're seeking to encourage ourselves to look at Jesus. To look at Jesus because he is the face of God. And to see the things that Jesus teaches because they are the teachings of God. God doesn't want us to be confused. Far from it. He wants us to gain understanding so that we can fully live with him and understand him. He wants us to have real relationship with him. Therefore, we need to receive his word into our hearts. Now, you know that I'm always saying that, hey, we need to read this. It's not just a flippant statement. Without the words of life, we don't have the light that they can bring into our lives. Without the knowledge of how heaven operates, how are we to actually live according to heaven's rules? How are we to be able to bring in the kingdom of God unless we receive the word of God? There has to be a point of entry in your life to allow the word to come in so that the word can have its effect. And that's really what Jesus was doing. He was trying to open people's hearts and to open their minds through his teaching so that they may arise and say, yes, I need this. Jesus was the light of the world. And we need his light in our lives. As we read it, his wisdom comes into us. And as that wisdom comes into us, then we can be like his disciples. There was the time when Jesus came to his disciples, Matthew 16, 15 to 17, when he said this. They came to the region of Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? So this is Jesus saying, like, who do people say I am? What, what are they saying about me? Who, what's their opinion of me? And you can ask yourself the same question this morning. What's your opinion? What's your opinion of Jesus? Is he a good man? Is he God? Because Jesus is God. And as we look at him, we need to learn from him. 
Now, in the conversation he had with his disciples, they said, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. They're linking him back to old characters. But he says to them, to the disciples, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And of course, Simon Peter answers and he says this, you are the Messiah. You are the anointed one. You are the sent one. You are the expected one that we have been waiting from heaven. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And you know what? We want to come to the scriptures ourselves with that sort of attitude. Lord, I want to know you more. I want to gaze upon you, Jesus. And I want to understand you. I want to understand the ways of heaven so that I may be more effective in being able to live my life here upon the earth. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.